1: i <laughs>
2: This is the Wise Men Say Podcast. Hello, I am Richard Easterbrook. Welcome to a very special episode today where we're going to take a little preview at the new Sunderland Till I Die series, which is released on Netflix on February the 13th, which is a Tuesday. And we've been lucky enough to, to speak to some of the movers and the shakers from from the series, from the new series, uh, just to whet your appetite a bit. Later on in the episode, we're uh, speaking to Sunderland Captain Luke09, but first up, me and Stephen caught up with Ben and Gabe Turner from production company Fullwell 73.
1: Well, I am delighted to see now that we are joined by Gabe and Ben Turner. They shouldn't need much introduction, really, to the majority of Sunderland fans, uh, especially who have been following the journey of Sunderland until I die since the first series dropped a few years ago. But just in case we've got new listeners or new fans Uh, because people listen to this around the world, believe it or not, guys. Um, I will let you introduce yourself to our listeners to remind them, let's say, of
3: who you are and what you're doing. Nice. With this in particular. (laughs) We're brothers. We are two of the founding partners of Full World 73. We uh, are obsessed and always have been with Sunderland Football Club, hence the name of our production company. And we are incredibly proud to be releasing series three of sunderland till i die which we uh which is a labor of love for us um, and we'll be out there in the wild very soon
1: do you feel like most people make that association straight away because it seems so obvious when you're a sunderland fan it's called full Wheel 73 but i bet actually it might be quite a generational divide on that front
3: oh it's a, it's quite niche it is a little bit niche i mean sunderland fans do I mean, it makes you feel old, doesn't it? Like the stadium when you go to the stadium. I remember when it was new. The stadium was like it's not it's mm. a bit doggy now. It's like Roker Park was a hell of a long time ago. But you know, we also have offices in LA and we work all around the world. And like I've often had to try and explain to people, um, it's easier now, obviously. But what 4W73 was, we used to say, them are a bit like the Cleveland Browns, but there's no draft to save them, um, and that kind of thing. But like now nowadays, it's a bit easier to uh, to get it across. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. We were actually looking at our listener um, data that we were just having a conversation on the podcast last week, and we actually ten percent of our listeners are in America now, which is quite mad. Because going back to those days, you mentioned at Rocker Park, you would not have expected that, would you? if someone
3: to have that kind of reach, no, But you guys, you're in the show. You've been you're you're a key part of the show. Season so one, right. particularly, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah those yeah. pipes. I think we I think we
0: bring those pipes back for episode one, don't we? I think
3: they might be. I don't know. I don't
0: know not sure if we, I think we might bring your pilots back for episode one.
1: All right, I can't remember. We, we did, we did, you did give us the offer to watch them, but we want to wait for every, like everybody else and watch the full production of it. So we, uh, we get the authentic experience, but, uh, we probably got you guys to thank for that. To be fair, getting a good bit more of a global audience now from that, from that first series. So again, just before we get onto the series itself, um, just give give our listeners a, a background because they're, they're probably going to be listening now, uh, thinking maybe not strong Macamac Mac sense, so just remind everybody how you got into following Sunderland in the first place and what your early memories are.
0: So our, our family originate from up north. Um, it's actually our grandma was one of ten, uh, and Leo, who's the producer of the show, and uh, Leo, who uh, you might know, who was born yeah. up in Sunderland, uh, his grandfather uh, and my father... Sorry, his, yeah, his grandfather and my grandmother were brother and sister. They were part of the 10. My family moved down here. uh, Well, mine and Ben's family moved down here uh, a generation earlier. But um, every time there was sort of a holiday, all the family would get together in Sunderland uh, and we would go up there. So when we started getting into football, my dad, who was a Sunderland fan himself, uh, took us up to games and uh, we started to fall in love with football. And we, you know, I I would say uh, in the early 80s when we started to go, Ben remembers an Ipswich game in 82. I kind of, I feel I sort of vaguely remember a derby in like 84, 85, and then we obviously went to
3: the Milk Cup final when we lost to Norwich. All well, um, of that Milk Cup run we were saying yeah. the other day, because a lot of those, if you remember a lot of the games were in London. Yeah. They put out Tottenham and Chelsea. I think, well, West Ham, or maybe West Ham was the FA Cup, but a lot of those games were in and around London and, and away games were also quite a big deal for us. Um, so, and, uh, and then there was and then there was 88 when we went
0: up from what what, what is now League One against Northampton uh, and we've got some because in those days you didn't have camera phones so you don't have pictures of most of the things that you did but we I remember my dad he had a he turned the downstairs toilet into a dark room we took cameras up to the 88 final game against Northampton with Gates and Gabby we took photos black and white photos which we had developed and there's a picture of me Ben and Leo uh, in 88 and that's probably the first picture of us at games that we have and then, obviously, since then, just as many games as we can whilst building a family and trying to persuade people that it was a worthwhile venture to go out from London for the entire day, come back <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning and spend all of Saturday not with your wife, your girlfriend, kids, whoever. But we were lucky also.
3: We were, we were at university in the uh, in the Peter Reed era and both in Birmingham. So we get to a hell of a lot of games as soon as we basically were free to go, had a driving license and could go when we wanted <laughs> Yeah. We were lucky that at the time of our life, we probably had the most time, and we're in a in a perfect position. for probably the best, be, the best years of our lives with them fans. It's definitely a condition that comes to uh,
1: with somebody who's obsessed with football, isn't it? Like this, I'm bringing this. It's part of my life with me as well. Okay. So maybe people who don't understand it other who who don't get football. I I always
0: remember. I always remember watching the MTV Music Awards. Uh, when Damon Auburn w- walked out to give an award with uh, Alessandro Del Piero and tried to sign in for Chelsea. And for some, I, don't, I don't know, I was quite young at the time and I probably had no idea we were going to do what we've ended up doing. Mm. But it really stuck with me, this idea of like, because Chelsea were not big then, this idea of like you telling people across the world in whatever job you did that they should come to your football club because it meant so much to yeah. you and your community. And I'd like to think we followed in Damon Auburn's uh, footsteps by selling Sunderland across the world to various people
1: Well that but, um... was going to be ne- my next question because <laughs> I know you've, be, you've been doing stuff recently on the World Cup so you're very current and mm. uh, I'm going to ask you now if you've been trying to sell Sunderland any potential players across the globe Who have you done a big sell to anybody?
3: Oh, we can't, I mean, like, as soon as we're in a room with any kind of decent footballer, we're trying to get him Sunderland, always. <laughs>
0: yeah. Always. There's basically no
3: one we haven't tried to sign for Sunderland. Okay. There's not a player we yeah. haven't suggested. They've, they've generally laughed at us. But it definitely goes a long way. When you, meet, uh, when you meet someone in the football world and they ask you who you support and you tell them Sunderland, like, you definitely get some respect from them because you're clearly not in it for anything. Like, you're not in it for the glory. You're in it because you love football. And people do respect that. You know, they don't want to give me another United fan or you know, or Liverpool fan or whatever. Mm. Uh, well
1: we'll get onto the we'll get onto the 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 Sun Until I Die franchise for want of a better word. And how was that going back to the start, how was that um how did that land compared to how you thought it would land in your mind? Because I, I think it's really it's made such a difference. I mean, what's interesting is when you look at the guys who who've taken over Wrexham... And you look at their the the origins of why they wanted to do this, and they relate that back to watching the program. So that's quite yeah. mad, isn't it?
0: Well, Ben should answer this because I actually wasn't involved in season one and two. I was with Jack Whitehall filming a show for YouTube uh, with him, basically dicking around with European footballers to try and sell the uh, the Euros to uh, a global audience. So whilst I was doing that, they were watching Sunderland implode. And at that point, I thought I was the lucky one because I was (laughs) avoiding it all and they were having to relive it. Little did I know they were building a beautiful franchise that, as you said, really got out there. So I'll let Ben explain what was going on.
3: I think that we... I mean, I I remember after... Initially, Netflix wanted a Premier League team. And we told them... I remember talking to them about the fact... Really, Leo sold I remember Leo telling them that... um, you don't you don't want a middle table a mid-table club, you know, and and I, I think at the time Man City were about to do an all or nothing, and it's really difficult to get into like those clubs and they demand a lot of control. We were like, we've sat, we have been at Sunderland Games and sung many times over, we're by far the greatest team the world has ever seen, and had no idea by what metric that could possibly be true. <laughs> Turns out that we are by far the greatest team the world has ever seen to make a TV show about. Um, and that was the one thing we sort of felt quite strongly. And I remember saying to Netflix, don't worry about the fact that you got relegated. Promotion's going to be amazing. Just wait and see. Promotion will be unbelievable. And obviously, uh, it didn't go that way. But it was it was quite, initially, it was pretty tough because at that point, we'd only really made feature docs. We did Class 92, uh, which is about Man United. I Beckham. I am We went with Bold to the Olympics. And we knew how to do a feature doc that was quite contained. But just follow a club for a whole year. Um, and have the edit going whilst there was a lot of logistical stuff that we didn't know. And obviously, as the club was like was was imploding, they didn't really want to have us around that much. A lot of people were getting sacked in left, right, and centre. Uh, and I think actually, one of I remember like one of the problems at the club was basically no one was taking responsibility on the pitch or off the pitch. So anyone they could sort of blame, some you know, for being a problem they would grab onto it and uh, there was definitely a couple of moments where where some of the players and some and some of the staff within that were kind of looking towards us like we were a problem um the difference when we came back to season two was unbelievable even with the fans in in season one there's a moment where they where we were one of the away games I can't remember which one it was but they basically smashed the camera there, there was, you know, sometimes when it gets really aggy on the terraces, when among the fans, they got like, and then they didn't know who we were, or what we were doing, and they certainly didn't know we were all Sunderland fans. And it got like, and I remember going in with that same cameraman in series two, and it was like we were, we were bloody heroes. It was unbelievable. Uh, and for us, having grown up in London and just like to to have done something for the club and to finally feel like we really belong, uh it was really magical. You know because basically we all wanted to be footballers and play for some of them, didn't we? So, like, even like we've had a brilliant like career and it's really good fun what we do, it's quite a distant second to, to have played for you know to have done something for that club that we, that we love. So, to uh, to to sat there during that second season and hear the opposition fans singing, We Saw You Crying on Netflix, very special. Mm, I was going to mention <laughs> the that, season. Like,
2: Season three is like there's a there's a gap between two and three, which is bigger than the the gap between yeah. one and two. Obviously, you followed straight on. But there's, yeah. there's been a bit of a gap and, and a lot of time has passed. How how do you how do you kind of bridge that gap to the viewers on in in the show itself?
3: We we basically it's interesting. We did you know in that time we sort of trod trod water a bit, didn't we? There was kind of a few seasons that kind of going sort of mould into each other and we losing the playoffs. Yeah, I, so I, think- I had to look back at it last night because I. I, I
2: I didn't realize it was like it was like two clear seasons in between. Well, one clear season. It was
3: yeah. We like lost was, to Lincoln yeah, in the playoff, yeah, didn't we? It was it was like like yeah. No one wants to see that. So we like. <laughs> so we're just like. So you just sort of come back. You do come back in, and it's you know, it's it, there's a bit of a kind of. It doesn't have like quite the Star Wars credit role, but you do that kind of like. No, it, all it, is not well in the game. No, it,
0: it, comes back, <laughs> it comes back. We can tell you, it comes back. It comes back in, and it,
3: we've right. just been
0: battered by Bolton. And I don't know if you remember that post-match. Lee Johnson interview, and I think that's where you boys come in, because I think, my memory might be wrong, but I think we start with Lee Johnson going, "Um, I'm just really embarrassed about that, I don't really know what to do, and then one of you goes, what you don't want to see your manager do, after you've just been battered 5 or 6 nil by Bolton, is looking broken, like he's going to cry or something, (laughs) something like that, but basically, and that's that's how we start it, that's how we start
1: Yeah, oh God. It's, straight, it's, off the, it's, straight off it's, the bat. Oh, let bring back memory. <laughs> I remember being in that game. I think I left when I scored the fourth. Um, yeah. God.
0: Well, I mean, it's, you know, like I think the, the reason why something I Die kind of works is because most people hate going to football. They love going to football on arrival. They hate going to football when they leave the ground. 90% of the time you're demos. And like everyone can relate to that because, you know, like that's the reality for most teams outside of the top four. So... You know, like we didn't really we didn't do a season three. we're just watching the you know kind of like a non dramatic just us losing games and not moving, you know because it's not interesting. I guess it's only interesting if it's really big or really bad um and so I think that once once uh once promotion looked likely, it was like right let's let's actually yeah. celebrate. These fans who we've watched struggle. And 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 I think that like there's a big thing I learned through this was like, I was always embarrassed to be in League One. Like, I remember when we went down in 88, we went straight back up. And it was like, thank yeah. God for that. And, there, and I also remember when Kino got us up and there was like no bus parade. And it was like, listen, we should be in the Premier League. There's no celebrating outside of that. And then we won the, the pizza trophy, right, with Gucci scoring <laughs> that goal. And I was like, you know what, I'm happy we won it. I'm devastated I'm not there. I'm devastated COVID has robbed me of being at Wembley and watching us win. I've watched it's us lose this so many
3: times. Literally the most Sunderland thing. And, and I was
0: while. like, yeah. Yeah. but it's Wembley. <laughs> it like, I, I didn't care There was the Johnson's paint car. I was like, I'm devastated I'm not there. And I realised, like, glory can be found not... Only by winning the Champions League, but because none of us really have access to that, glory is the odd day when it works when you beat Newcastle or when like it or when or Mark Poom comes up for a corner and scores and the whole ground doesn't know what to do like there's glory in football even when you're not winning the champions League and i it took me a while to learn that as a fan, and I think I really learned that when I wasn't there, uh, letting us watch the Padels. so then when we got to that final, like obviously we were all there both times, Charlton beat us, but when we got there against Wickham and we won like there was it was profound it was real glory it would have been no more fun for me to have been at a Champions League winning final I don't think because in that moment I was with my son my brother my dad my cousin and we were we were the best team in the building and that's all that mattered and I think that like that's what series three is right series one and two was like we all know what it's like to be shit and still go and season three is we can all get our moment in the sun and it might not be it might not be away at Roma, but I tell you what, there was nowhere in the world I'd rather be to that, that day, than than with my people in front of Wickham, watching Ross Stewart tuck it into the bottom corner, spin away, and the place got absolutely mental. And I remember at, on the final whistle, everyone starts seeing wise men say cuts to Quinny and Reedy in the crowd, yeah. and I was I was done. I just was done. Finished. And as I said, nowhere in the world I'd rather be. So I think that, yeah, season one and two relate to people, I think, because we all all know what it's like to be shit in football. Season three, I think, should relate to everyone, which is you've all had your day. And it might be a derby win. It might be a shitty cup. But, like, (laughs) you've had your day in football. And when you have your day, it doesn't matter where it is. If you're with your people and you've worked hard to get that day, you will drink it in.
1: How long would have you wait? How long were you prepared to wait for it? Because, like, this is the thing, isn't it? Mm. So, you know, it's the glorious failure of Sunderland. Um, I mean, the first season wasn't anything glorious about that failure. Um, But the second season, I guess it's like, you know, getting beaten in the checker trade and then the playoffs, and you're getting so close and you're still falling short. But I guess you always wanted to round this off by some actual success. And it's like you've just said there, nobody wants to see us lose to Lincoln. So it, it came yeah. quite relatively quickly. How long were you prepared to wait? Were you like in 20 years' time, would have you just like, right? That's a moment. Oh. We've finally been promoted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd have
0: wait, we'd have waited out just like you have to, right? You're not you're not going anywhere. Yeah. If we don't win <laughs> another game for the next 20 years, it doesn't mean you're not going to be there in 20 years. And in terms of filmmaking, it was just when there's an opportunity to pick this back up, yeah. we'll pick it back up. Some people might think we shot too early, yeah. But like you know, like maybe we could. Maybe there's more glory in the years to come that are even better than beating Wickham in at Wembley. Mm. But For me, the, the were, you,
1: were you were you prepped for the go to, so we playoff semi final last season? Were you were you prepped for that or not? Or would this have this still ended where it ended? Well,
3: we're, uh, no, we were talking to the we were talking to the club and they were they were shooting some of it themselves. We weren't fully up and running at that point, but we were in touch about it. I mean, we went to sh- we went to Sheffield Wednesday uh, as fans, and it was the greatest. night. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Maybe it was better than the. I mean, when that you know when that goal went in, that doesn't happen. But well. also when they got us, and yeah.
0: then the lights went down. You remember yeah. the lights went down there, yo-yo like, lights, and you were just like, not again,
3: man. I yeah. can't. Uh, you know that, That's a testament to it because in previous years, the one consolation was this is going to make great television. Like you'd have that a little bit in your mind. There was none of that when no, the lights was, came out. I was like, "Oh, my I was just like I can't." We were in
0: Sheffield. I was like, "I got to drive home tonight." Number one, number two, like we're better than them. We're just better than them. We're a better team than them. We've got quality everywhere. Like, how are we not going to win this game? I just, don't, I don't get it. And then it, you know, the like the lights went and they, were, and then they started. They did us for a bit, and you were like, "Oh no, this is not going to be good." And then, like, it was the least Sunderland thing in the world when, like, Clarkie got the ball just with uh, down the down the side put it in and Robert scored and you were just
3: like oh shit Once I cannot explain how incredible it is in an edit suite and cut that I basically after the first two seasons of something I could barely watch football until the Euros actually it was because it, it was just like, I, I just the football was dreadful and it was so painful. I was really scarred by it because you go there. You, what you want to do when you get relegated is not think about football for a month or two and then come back to it. But what I had to do was go into an edit suite and distill the pain so it was really comprehensible for everyone and as upsetting as possible. And I had to do that two years in a row and it <laughs> finished me. It was such a, such a toll on me. I remember watching the Euros, like the cover Summers Later, I was like, Football can look like this people are like passing and the ball when Paul comes back and it's moving across the pitch. I couldn't believe it. I was like oh yeah it's supposed to be there's a reason why people call it the beautiful game but so it was like really like took a toll at putting it together but I mean cutting cutting Sheffield Wednesday away you know that and just trying to get that as you know Ugh. into shape as you know that was a moment as a fan for me like I think
1: the Wickham game was a bit different this time, wasn't it? Uh, you you yeah. can never be. You've just said that, Gabe. You watched and lose at Wembley so many times. There was something ironic about the time we put that right. Nobody being allowed there to watch it. But I was at Hillsborough then as well. And like the second that goal went in, I think everybody just thought that, 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 that this is it. We will do it this time. There was yeah. something you can't yeah. really you can't really say why that you can't really measure why that that why that was the case. I yeah just, totally it,
0: but only because we none of us have ever seen us do that before like concede late
3: and then not collapse yeah but also i remember with re- it's a really strong memory we were the two we were, we're at, at Wembley and there's like it was we scored with about 20 minutes to go and just a beat before that i remember we had a chat and we we're like not this because they were just starting to push a little bit and you're like, if we go into the last 10 minutes with this ball dinging around our box, we know what's going to happen. And then suddenly we came Ross out, uh, Ross Jura gets on the end of it and you were like, oh my fucking God, this is really going to happen. You know, and in that last 20 minutes was just oh, like party time. I had absolutely nothing. Yeah. I remember we were, the kid, even with all our kids and they're like shouting, it's like, just not now. Are you dying? If you're not dying, just <laughs> leave me in peace. No, not- i to Just be here in this moment.
0: It, it was it was oh man, it was so special, and I, th- I th- actually felt like I felt like we were going to do it again. Like you know when Diallo scored at home, mm. uh, I was with my son. I was like, he whipped it in the top corner. I was like, oh my! I just felt like felt like I was at Sheffield Wednesday. I was like, and then I really I, to this day I believe if Danny Bart and and Danny Ballard play against Luton, we beat them. But like the only reason yeah. they beat us. Is because they just pump balls into our box the whole time. We just didn't have one of them to. Mm. even or even Aggie, like just someone who could just get their head on on because that's all they did to us for the entire game, and we and we were away there as well. That's the thing. I still can't I still could, uh, I, I I don't forget stuff, but like you know, like when they won, they all jumped on the pitch in front
3: of us. Yeah, like they were, you're they were like, awful. like you're about
0: to get to the Premier League. Were you giving us you like
3: know Londoners? what
0: are you doing focusing on us you've just got to the playoff final it's like the most incredible story and all of your fans are facing us like so, yeah. it's really annoyed me that <laughs> yeah
1: i agree on the defenders thing I, there's, a, just, there's an alternative
2: series three there's an alternative series three finale um which which is the one of of my experience which was standing in morrison's in doxford park as as Ross Stewart fired in that second goal, that's where I was. Everyone else at Wembley. Yeah, so, I don't sorry. think you captured it. We're, dra- we're, though, dragging sadly.
1: we're dragging up some trauma for Rick, where the rest <laughs> of us were <laughs> all driving. Why? Because you didn't get a ticket.
2: <laughs> um, I could have got a ticket. It was my daughter's birthday that day, and a decision Selfish. was taken oh. not to not to go. It, decision, if so if it happened it now, there would be holiday, a on, that a bit <laughs> I need to unpick that.
0: A decision yes, to do it. You do on. On that. What, what was the decision process? Who were who were the stakeholders in the decision? And
2: what was the process?
1: I think process? we know. I think we
2: know. The one thing I, 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 I can't say I was a stakeholder, but I was I was I was affected by by the decision.
1: You were, you um, were collateral.
2: Yeah, was, well, definitely collateral that day. Yeah, um, wow. it didn't it didn't hurt up until about two minutes before kickoff when 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 Sky was showing all of. All of our fans just singing their hearts out, and I thought you guys, I could have, I could have made it there and back, and I could have still celebrated a a,
3: yeah. a a birthday. But you guys called it cause like wise men say, as a song it was always a thing, but it's more a thing now than it's ever been. Don't you think? Like
1: that's we're weird. in an it age the where fans are trying to do that, aren't they? I think trying to like
3: really claim
1: some representation. I'm yeah. almost like almost like offended when I hear another side singer. Okay.
3: Totally well, yeah that is yeah, cool. the best thing, the biggest achievement of our life is that we claimed Sunderland Till I die for Sunderland. Because all football fans yes. sing it. And now it's ours. Yes. And I hate generic football songs. I fucking hate it. We're good enough to have our own songs. We don't need that. And and it always, and then and now sometimes you'll go along and we'll be singing a song it'll be amazing. And you know, like, oh, that was shit. That's one of the ones that everyone that that's a generic song. But the, more than anything else, we claimed something bike for us. and uh, I'm
0: very proud of that. Richard, can I just say to make you feel a tiny bit better? um go on. so um well, not to be to be better, but I, I was at school. <laughs> remember the year that um we played Newcastle at home at Roker, and there were no fans allowed from there yeah, yeah so I uh, we went my brother and sister went up with my dad. no, went up on their own on the train and were there for kickoff. and my mum, wouldn't let me leave school early. So I had to leave at four o'clock and I couldn't understand why. I was like, it's a random day, mum. She was like, militant, you're not leaving school. And because my dad was driving, there was no like leaving early. So I I was trying for weeks with my dad, dad, just get to school at three o'clock. No one would ever know, (laughs) right? Didn't do it. We turn up there, we walked into the stadium after Martin Scott had scored the penalty and watched in silence as Beardsley and Les Ferdinand, I think, yeah. scored two goals and celebrated them like talking to each other. You could hear them go, yes, yeah, because there was no fans.
3: Do um, you know what? We, I was on the... We were so on, I missed that. We were on the Roker <laughs> end for that one. and and there was a Newcastle about like, a couple of Newcastle fans snuck in. Disappeared. We yeah. I remember someone jumping up and I was never a penalty, just lost, never a penalty. And everyone just put one <laughs> That was a weird, um, that was- yeah. That was a weird memory that game. They were so much better than us in those. I mean, like they were really... Oh. Excellent team. But but the part of the reason
0: why I was telling you that story about my my mum was uh, sadly my mum a couple of years ago and Ben's mum passed away. And in the oh you know the opening sequence, you know on the boat it says Gillian. Right. So Jillian was, Jillian was Gillian was Leo's mum who passed away before season one. Right. And in this in this season, they've changed the titles a tiny bit to put a bench in there with my mine and Ben's mum's name, Francis, on there. Um uh Yeah, and that's my dad, um <laughs> okay. uh, with with her name Frances on there. And we were laughing the other day because basically both Gillian and Frances, my mum and Leo's mum, basically hated the fact that we were so obsessed with Sunderland and tried to get out any family gathering or put Sunderland before everything else. So the fact that they are forever immortalised in Sunderland until I die feels quite poetic. But in this season, the bench is in there for our mum, like the boat was in there for Leo's mum. So it's a uh, hugely important show for us like in a a way in a deep way that a lot of the other stuff that we do doesn't doesn't hit the same way
1: yeah no it's good it is nice to see that and obviously i'm not go to person stuff but that that final is is sort of linked to something like that in my family as well which makes it even more special so yeah it's it's good that because that's what it comes back to family and community isn't it and i think you did Get that across really well. Um I think season one in particular, um not that you didn't in season two, but for understandable reasons, the attention was elsewhere on season two. Yeah. Because and of some of, two TV, just... some of that TV gold you were allowed to uh mm. to share with everybody. Like, why wouldn't you capitalize on that? <laughs> really what we're watch. talking about. watch. Well.
2: Season two is such a, a difficult watch anyway. Like, still now, even though we're out of that, spoiler alert, yeah. got promoted. it's It's still... <laughs> still hurts i mean that that day down at wembley the, the time i did go down ironically yeah. um we lost and and you've you know you captured it you guys captured it so well at the end of series two and and there's the the, the lady in the crowd says why is it why is it always why is it never us celebrating yeah. and it just like if, if anything ever hit the nail on the head as well as it did yeah. it right.
1: did and do you know and, what? As well, I yeah. remember like leaving that game. The charts from the Charlton fans—they not even looking like they were that happy about it. They were just like, I oh, know no. about it almost. And they went straight it back
0: like... down. They didn't even—it were not even ready for it. It was just, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: It was Lee Boyo as well. Do you remember?
3: Just...
1: Nothing about it do. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's not dwell. We've all moved on. So, um, I mean, just finally, just want to like sort of um, give a little bit of a. Uh, a uh, push towards a season three. What can people expect? It's a it's a shortened series, isn't it? There's only three episodes, I believe. And um, what what should people look forward to? You Apart from the obvious, of
0: course. you can't drag out <laughs> joy as long as you can drag out sorrow. So, yeah. no, I think it's I think yeah, look, it's it's watching those fans and those people work through some stuff and then get to really have their day in the sun, um, coupled with some quite sad personal. Well, stories. yeah, the
3: end of, there's a very bittersweet ending to it um which we'll leave out there it's, it's you know that you're you're always you're at the mercy of events when you're making a, a documentary and so it didn't it, the obviously there's a huge amount of joy at the end but there's a bit there's a little bittersweet kick right in the final kind of the final bit of it which will leave people to discover but it, it, it there's great there's great joy in there and you'll be and for, for fan for all for the Sunderland fans I think everyone loves the show um this one's a treat for the Sunderland fans to enjoy it this time Last I know always, all, all the, the mags I know would love, like, would always be calling me up and ah, I love the show, it's amazing. Mm. But maybe they won't enjoy it. Maybe they won't enjoy this one so much.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think <laughs> it is good and it does, uh, it does And Actually, we had Steve Harmson recently. He was saying, isn't he good friends with one of you guys? I think. I, I know yeah. Steve, yeah. he's a great yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, and he, he was saying how much he enjoyed it and he was saying he always recommends it to his friends, even the new, diehard Newcastle fans who don't like, who were like, don't want anything to do with it. And he's like, no, no, you should watch it. really like captures, like it's a Northeast thing and all this stuff. So
2: yeah.
1: uh, he does fight that battle for us as well. Um, well but that that been... Rexham
2: one, you can see the parallels between, obviously like Wrexham's, Well Yeah. Cause they've copied. They were influenced, they're, they're
1: influenced no, by, yeah, there's, by Ben yeah.
2: and the <laughs> yeah. sections that they do kind of copy, like and, and little, little tricks. They won five Emmys for this.
1: Yeah. They won five Emmys. Well, it's a we all know the origin. We all know the origin.
2: Yeah so should should Wrexham fans be thanking you guys yes, then? Like, so. In in a in a kind of a
0: roundabout way? Just just if they could just give us three points the next time we come <laughs> across
1: them in a league game, yeah. That'll be <laughs> that'll do it. Mm, Gentlemen's agreement, that'll while. do it. <laughs> hopefully that's off for a while. It's been a pleasure having you on guys. I know it's been a few years since we've since we've last spoke, so yeah. um oh, I'm thanks, sure everybody's gonna be looking to the the season three uh, you got the date off the top of your head is it 15th or something or I just completely made that up I think it's the 13th I yeah. think it's 13th
0: 13th
1: so I think it's next 15th. week 15th is my daughter's birthday I think that's why I just said that <laughs> just embedded <laughs> in my mind but <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't plans, you know bro. what I wouldn't miss a Wembley game for it. that's for sure <laughs> um, <laughs> can
0: we right? not how, <laughs> how old is your daughter oh mine yeah
2: yeah, she's she's sixteen now and she's a massive Sunderland fan. Like it's over the last two years, completely massively behind them now. So it wouldn't have been a decision to make. You know, back in if, uh, 14 if it, was a, it was Yeah, just she wasn't really that interested, but overnight it's changed. Well, overnight, two yeah, years. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well
1: it's <laughs> fine. If, if
2: we get there this year, she'll be she'll be leading the way.
1: There's a bit of sweet But well, you to should actually day, say
0: though. if she if we get there this year, you should just say, Look, I'm really sorry, but it's my uh, you know, it's my. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I, you can't make it because it's my. You know, know it's know a big shopping day in Mersons I mean. Yeah, just say, listen, <laughs> you've got to feel what this is like from the other side. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, thanks yeah, for coming around guys, and hopefully we'll speak again sometime. Cheers. Absolutely. Take care. Take See care. In a bit. <laughs>
2: so i'm delighted to be joined by um one of the stars of, of the latest series of uh, Sunderland till i die it's Sunderland captain luke o'nine hi luke how are you doing
4: I'm very well thank you
2: how are you How's, how, I'm, I'm i'm all good yeah you here talking about the new series have, have you had an opportunity to see it yet
4: i have not i've uh we've got the premiere monday i've heard snippets and a little bit nervous of what they're because we obviously did quite there was a lot of filming throughout the season so we don't know what being selected so um, have you seen it
2: no no a, a lot of i know a lot of um a lot of media are being given given access to it but i, I really want to like, see it when it when it when it drops i'm I'm, I'm old school in that respect uh, as old school as netflix can be but i, I, I want to kind of preserve that moment um so yeah, I'm, I'm I haven't seen it yet. So I'm looking forward to it. No spoilers, please, because I don't know how the season finished.
4: Haven't seen it myself. So uh, <laughs> yeah. but I, I've got a guess on how it ends, but um, I'm looking, yeah. Yeah, looking, forward, looking forward to seeing it
2: as well. So um, yeah, time will tell how it goes down. You, how how comfortable are you watching yourself on television? Is is it something because you, you've had to get used to it from series two? Is it it's still a bit weird?
4: I haven't seen series two.
2: I haven't seen it.
4: No spoilers. I've seen snippets because someone told me I cut my head open and it really hurt so I watched that back to see how bad it actually was and apart from that I know how it ended so yeah the the ending was still fresh when it came out and I I didn't want to relive that and so I've seen snippets from season two but I haven't sat there and watched myself I couldn't I couldn't put myself through listening to myself it's it's a little bit cringy watching yourself back, but now knowing that the third season has a good ending, I could probably go back now and watch it. Watch it, knowing them, um, knowing what happens. But I think my little yeah. girls now my little girls big into football, so she likes a lot of my team like teammates. She sees them every week, so she'll probably be tuning in as well, watching it.
2: How's how's it going to be as a as a family, when you when you log into that that you know that your family Netflix account, and you just see your face staring out as one of the featured things to watch. Does that does that get will that get any easier?
4: Well, probably Trump seeing Bluey because that's on our house twenty four seven. So it might be nice for a little switch up and uh, and not hearing the the theme tune to Bluey and Peppa Pig. So um, yeah, maybe my little girl might watch that, but time will tell.
2: <laughs> so you you joined. At the start of uh, of season two, with the filming for season two, um, what was your reaction coming in from from Wick and Wanderers and coming into into the club and and kind of having literally the spotlight shine and shining on you as as a group of players?
4: So I can remember when I turned up to the stadium for signing, there was a camera there, and I had to um, I introduced myself, and they were like, "Oh, we're from Netflix," and I didn't really get why they were there. At the time, yeah. they were like, I was doing a documentary. And I was like, okay, because I didn't really watch many football documentaries. And then and then based off having that conversation, I went back to my hotel room and watched season one just to get feel for the area and uh, get just a bit of inside information. And that was my first connection to Southern Until I Die. And then obviously fast forward season two, I was in it. So yeah, I've seen season one, didn't see season two, and season three is about to come out. So um, I'll let my wife and my little girl dictate whether we watch that or not. But I'm at the, <clears> the <throat> premiere, so I'll be watching the uh, little snippets from earlier on in the premiere.
2: Yeah, you won't have a choice to watch it because it'll be on the on the screen. So you won't be like one of those stars that turns up to premieres for ten minutes and, and goes home straight away.
4: No, I'll be there. i have been uh, Oscar's promised me some popcorn, so um, so I'll be, no, I'll be there. My wife, I think, is going to come down too. So yeah, we'll be there. Oh, I don't have to go. And you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't. When you've got
2: players joining the club now, do they kind of cite Sunderland till I die as, as a as a driver for them coming, or, or or does it give them like a great introduction to the club?
4: Um, I think it's all individualised to what people people like and watch. Um, I've I've never. <laughs> people don't join the club I'm like, oh, did you watch me on Sunderland? until so I die too. I don't <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that uh, comes out of your mouth. It's, um, I think it's more preference. I watched it season one just to get a feel for the area and understand it yeah. because people kept saying to me, you'll never get Sunderland until you stayed here for a few years. Now I understand that, but I think it just helped me appreciate um, what Sunderland is and how much it means means to the club and just uh so when I did you know, start playing at Sunderland, it wasn't just a huge surprise. I was used to the passion. I was used to what people expected. Um, I think what's amazing, it connects Sunderland to many, many people across the world. And then then I know there's many people across the world that have flown to uh, to watch a game at Sunderland and become Sunderland fans because of it. So, so many reasons why the documentary is special because it's an incredible moment in history that's captured in a documentary, which is quite unique. People can go back and watch that anytime and that can trigger the emotions of what was a special season. It had every emotion in there possible, and for people to go back and watch that and relive it, I think it's going to be, um, yeah, I think it's going to be unique in many ways.
2: Yeah, I, even I've kind of noticed with with documentaries like Drive to Survive, the the F one documentary series, how that's kind of really kind of driving a popularity in F1 and do you think something like that could happen with Sunderland that you know as you say worldwide there's there's people coming in from all all corners of the globe and the club have got you know the international fans day to kind of cap- capitalize on that you think it's 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 definitely a good thing
4: I think it's an amazing thing I think to, to watch the documentary and to not at the end of it think oh I'd love to play for that club I think you've got to be pretty pretty deluded not not to because it's it's so unique in so many different ways and to there's thousands of fans that want to experience that to experience that from a player's point of view and to be in a player's point of view um, i'm i'm just so grateful and that's why every single one of us gives everything because we know anyone would swap to be in our position so i think to watch the documentary and be like "God, that is possible i think for kids growing up that are Sunderland fans, it, it can only inspire them to, to get there even more. I think for people across the world, it gives them a connection to us. I know so many people fall in love with the club just through watching it on the telly. So for the people that loved it from just watching the telly, wait till they actually get here and get to experience it firsthand. It's it's something unique. And I talked about it earlier. It's like a drug. You, you experience it once and you just want to keep coming back for more. So um, hopefully that has the same impact like it did for me when I first joined the club. And um, for many people across the world too
2: what's it like being having having your Sunderland career kind of been under the under the under the microscope really from the cameras has has it changed any and the way that you can you've kind of conducted yourself around them or, or or do you just kind of crack on not really notice the cameras have been there
4: I think as footballers you're under the microscope all the time um whether it's you know it's it's your own self and your own self-critic wanting to do more whether it's whether it's your your family or um, your kids, whether it's you know the fans when you go on social media, you're under the microscope all the time. So I think it's just just the usual, and you kind of just make it part of your everyday life and just get on with it.
2: So you're you're the the most experienced long-serving player at the club now with 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 you know six yeah, years. Yes, so I'm and old. On just say belt. I'm
4: old. Okay, I've got it. <laughs> yeah. I'm old.
2: <laughs> you, you you carry yourself in a very young, you, you know, young for your age. Like, how 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 are you enjoying kind of this this new role as you know as club captain and 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 the elder statesman of the, of the of the of the team and the longest serving experienced player?
4: Yeah, I'm. I'm well. I, I correct. You, I'm. I'm just captain while Corey's out injured. Corey's the the captain of the club and mm. um, being able to step in while he's not there. I've I've, I've loved it. I. Um, I've, I've loved this football club from, even though I hasn't, I didn't get off to the best start, it's, it's been something that's just been, been great for me. You know, the young players we've got, the talent we've got, it's, it's, it's huge. And, you know, trying to get, trying to knit that together, the experience, the youth the talent, trying to knit that all together day in, day out of the training round, it's, it's something where if we get that right into this, into the last few games of the season, the the potential is huge and it's our job to get that all together and put that into the promotion push and um, get to the Premier League.
2: How good would that be kind of having another another crack at the Premier League and you know the chances are the cameras could come back for that and, and the story could be immortalised forever?
4: Yeah I think my mum and dad would like it because there's more games in the telly that they don't have to drive up to um, so my mum and dad would, would be rooting for that but yeah, it's it's something that I've been working on. Um, it's been one of my goals since I've joined the club, and, and it's the goal for everyone in these in this building here. Everyone's striving to get there, and we won't stop till we do. And um, hopefully, it's sooner rather than later.
2: Great. Well, thanks very much for, for joining us, Luke. Uh, we're looking forward to to seeing the series when it drops on February the thirteenth. Thanks. Thanks again. Fire! 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 There we go, then. That was Sunderland Captain Luke O9 speaking to the Wiseman Say podcast. Just previewing the Sunderland Till I Die series 3, which drops on February the 13th, which, as you listen to it, will be tomorrow. Thanks again to Ben and Gabe Turner from Fullwell73 for for taking the time to speak to us earlier in the episode as well. And special thanks to Bryce Wilcock from Creo Communications for, for pulling all this together for us um, and allowing us to speak to the guys that were involved in the production of the new series of *Sandal* until I die. Hope you enjoyed the new series. We'll be back with it with another episode later on in in the month just to just to review the series. Um, if if you can't wait for that, you can listen back to our episodes where we review season one of *Sandal* Till I die in, in some depth, and we do a little bit of a, a shallow dive on on series two when it was released way back in 2020 during the pandemic. So. Uh, if you can't get enough of us until I die, we've got enough to, to keep you happy for, for, the, for the time being. Until then, thanks very much for listening. <laughs>